Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. This episode is going to be a quick fit tip where I talk about the importance of monitoring your health using modern apps and modern devices like smartwatches. Before I get into the topic of today's quick fit tip, I want to give you an update on what I'm doing with my mailing list. If you go to PeteMcCallFitness.com, you can sign up for my mailing list. Now, when you sign up for the mailing list, I will send you a chapter from my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. I've been educating personal trainers for a little bit more than 15 years. I've been writing content for two of the largest personal trainer certification organizations. And in Smarter Workouts, I tell you what you need to know to design exercise programs that you can put into action right away. But I, of course, I know people want to try things before they buy them. So if you go to PeteMcCallFitness.com and sign up for my mailing list, I'll send you a chapter from Smarter Workouts along with one of the workouts from the book. The book has a total of 21 workouts, and you can get one of them just by signing up for my mailing list. I don't put out that many emails, and I'm going to be doing about one or two a month going forward. I'm recording this in mid to late October of 2020, and I'm really getting, now that I have my second book in the can, and that's going to be coming out soon, I'll talk about that more later, but now that I have my second book in the can, I'm really going to be putting more information and more emphasis on my email list. I'm going to be doing my emails once or twice a month. I'll be writing more blogs for PeteMcCallFitness.com, and the emails will include blogs I've written for my own blog as well as blogs I've written for other organizations like the American Council on Exercise and National Academy of Sports Medicine. I write blogs for both organizations. And my emails will include links to those. In addition, my emails will also include older episodes of the podcast. I've been doing this podcast now since the mid, probably mid-2016, so a little bit more than four years. And some of those older podcasts have fallen off of some of the podcast directories, but they, I still have links to them via the podcast hosting service. If you subscribe to the, if you subscribe to my email list, if you go to PeteMcCallFitness.com and sign up, you get a chapter of my book, Smarter Workouts. You'll get a workout from Smarter Workouts. And once or twice a month, you'll be getting content from me about how to use exercise and fitness to enhance your quality of life. That content will be blogs. It'll be old podcast interviews, stuff that you can put into action right away. One way you can support the podcast is just by signing up for the email list. If you like the All About Fitness podcast, another way you can support the podcast is by taking a moment to give it a review. I'm an independent content creator, and these reviews are like gold. The more reviews the podcast gets, the higher up in the search rankings it goes. Those two things don't cost you anything. If you find you really like the All About Fitness podcast, I'm I'm never going to put anything behind a paywall. But what you can do is if you look down below in the show notes, I have workout programs available. I have a dumbbell strength program. I have a functional core training program. I have ebooks that I've written, Dynamic Anatomy. Functional core training is a whole ebook I've written about the science of core training. And my newest one is Exercise for the Fountain of Youth. That goes into the science of how exercise can slow down the aging process. That's just an overview of that information. But by buying a piece of content, that's a way you can support the podcast and help me bring you more information that you can apply right away. Which brings me to today's quick fit tip. This quick fit tip is about why it's so important to track our health and monitor our health. And I'm not somebody who's really into metrics. I, well, I say that. As I say that, I realize that's not quite accurate. As somebody who does a lot of mountain biking, I pay attention to my distance. I look at how long it takes me to ride certain rides. 
And if you're a cyclist, you know you have the same rides that you like to do. You may keep track of that. And I keep track of how long it takes me to get up the hill I ride pretty regularly. I keep track of my heart rate. I, I do keep track of the metrics. But I'm starting to learn how to use metrics in, in other areas of my life. I've been really trying to track my sleep and my quality of sleep. This is one of the big themes of my podcast has been on recovery, right? A lot of people do exercise very well. Exercise is the physical stress you impose upon your body. If you want to get stronger, you have to impose mechanical stress upon the muscles so the muscles can contract with greater force. If you want to ride or run longer distances, you have to impose, you have to impose metabolic stress on your muscle tissue so your muscle tissue can be more efficient at producing the energy to keep the muscles working. There are different types of stress we put on the body when we train. That, that, that's one point of that. Well, that's all well and good, but it's how we recover from that through the nutrition that we eat, how we sleep, the things we can do with our body after we exercise, they can really make the big difference. And that's one area that, that personally, I've been trying to learn more about. I understand the importance of sleep. And recently, I've, I've spoken with a couple of sleep experts about the role of that. And I really, one thing that stood out from speaking with the founder of Sleep 8 was, if you can sleep an extra hour a night, if you can get an extra hour of sleep a night, that's like sleeping an additional night in a week. Meaning that over the course of seven nights, seven nights in a week, if you can get an additional hour of sleep each night, that's like getting an additional seven hours of sleep. And as I've been trying that, I really have noticed a difference. I can feel a little, I feel a little more energetic. I feel a little stronger. My workouts feel different. On those days, I get a full seven and a half, eight hours sleep. Now there are some days where I maybe only get six hours of sleep and I can tell the difference right away. So that's one metric that we can pay attention to. There are different apps out there. You don't have to buy an, an expensive mattress that links to an app, but you can start paying attention with wearables like watches and, and there are even rings out now that can help you monitor your sleep. And it's interesting, right? A, a few years ago, the, the, the popular term was called the quantified self, all the ways we can measure our body. Another popular term, another term that I think personally is overused is biohacking. To me, those terms are kind of, I don't know, they're just kind of trendy, right? They're, they're kind of like, hey, I, I'm using my quantified self to hack my, to biohack. And, but reality is, if you care about your health and fitness, if you listen to the podcast, you obviously care about your health and fitness. If you exercise regularly, if you pay attention to what you eat, you care about your health and fitness. And one of the things that we've seen with the coronavirus and with, with COVID this year in 2020 is that the people who are fitter, the virus does affect everybody, don't get me wrong, but the people who are fitter seem to be having less of it, it has less of an effect. If they do get sick, they recover quicker. So what's that mean? That means that right now, how we exercise, what we do, how we recover has never been of greater importance. And especially as it relates to the aging process. That's what my newest book is on. My newest book is called Ageless Intensity, How High Intensity Exercise Can Slow Down the Aging Process. And this is really what's important is this is the first time ever. This is the first time ever in history that there's a population of adults over the age of 50 and 60 who've been exercising their entire lifespan. You're probably going to hear me mention this again on the podcast because I think this is very important for listen, for you to understand. The modern fitness industry dates back to the late 1960s, early 1970s. That's maybe about 50 years, right? We're in 2020, so that's about 50 years of the modern fitness industry. P 
people in their 60s and 70s now who've been exercising since fitness became popular, since Jack LaLanne, since Jane Fonda, Nautilus, one of the companies I work with, was started in 1970. For those of you who've been exercising throughout this entire period, congratulations. You're the first people ever, ever in history that we've been monitoring this who've been exercising that long. So now we've been researching people in their 60s and 70s who've been exercising for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And what we're realizing is that exercise in particular and high-intensity exercise more specifically, high-intensity exercise, high-intensity interval training, strength training, putting stress on the body helps the body live longer. Years ago, when I first entered the fitness industry in the late 1990s, Older adults didn't do much exercise. If they did anything, it was water aerobics and chair aerobics because maybe they hadn't been exposed to exercise. And if you're in your 60s or 70s, well, number one, if you're in your 60s or 70s, it's never too late to start strength training. But the, the, the theory was we didn't want to stress older adults too much because we didn't know how it affect their physiology. But the data that we're getting, the research that we're getting, and I don't mean me, I read the research, I don't do the research, but the research I've been reading on older adults really provides a lot of evidence that exercise is the, the older we get, the, exor- the, the better exercise is for us. The older we get, we should be strength training. As we age, we should be doing high intensity interval training because yes, we need that stress on our bodies. We need appropriate stress on our bodies. So our body, our physiology becomes stronger and becomes capable of doing more work. Muscles become stronger. Your heart is a muscle. Your heart becomes more effective at pumping blood around your body. All this to say that we need to be measuring the amount of exercise and the intensity that we use. We need to be looking at our bodies. How much exercise do you do? I mean, we should be exercising every day, but we should not be exercising at the same intensity every day. One of the things I write about quite a bit in my work, and I lecture about this when I go out and I travel, when I, when I do travel around the world, and I, I do quite a bit of travel, but not in 2020, but when I lecture and I, and I write, I try to get people thinking about a breakdown like this. You want to do really hard exercise. You want to do very vigorous, strenuous, high-intensity exercise two or three days a week. Some weeks, if you're getting great sleep and great nutrition, go for three days. Other weeks where maybe sleep isn't so good, you got other things going on in your life, try to get at least two days of high-intensity exercise. But that's where tracking your sleep, that's where using a wearable, I use an Apple Watch, that's where using different apps can help you monitor this stuff. So that when you're feeling good, you have the metrics there, you know that you can push a little bit harder that day. And then there are those days where maybe you're not feeling so good. Maybe sleep hasn't been so good. Maybe things have been going on. Your diet's not not 100% on track. It's still important to move. But instead of doing high-intensity workout, you do maybe a, a long walk. Or maybe you go out for an easy jog. Or you go out for a bike ride. I share that I do a lot of mountain biking. One or two days a week. I, I try to When the weather's right, I try to ride two or three days a week. One or two of those days, I really try to do the hill near my house. I try to do it at least two times. Get a good, get my heart rate up, push really hard. But there's one day a week where I go out on my mountain bike and I don't do a hill. I can do a loop around the base of the hill where I'm not really doing much climbing. What I'm trying to do is I try to keep my heart rate a little bit lower. I'm not trying to peak my heart rate like I do on the other days. 
that's where monitoring your intensity using different metrics can really can can make a big difference. If you've been strength training for years, you know the difference between a heavy day and a light day. I'm preaching to the choir on that. And if you've been doing endurance training for years, you know the difference between a long, hard run and a light recovery run. But really, I, I really want you to start paying attention to, to the intensity of your exercise and start monitoring, paying attention to your body. Pay attention to how you feel after you eat certain foods. How do you feel after you get a good night's sleep, after seven, eight hours of sleep? Because all that stuff adds up. And the reason why I say that is because this makes a big difference. I'm 48 years old, and that's the reason why I do this podcast. Is I want to, as I learn about how exercise can change the context of how we age, I'm trying to share that information with you. That's why I write what I write. That's, I have an ebook on exercise and aging. My newest book is going to go deep, deep into the science of how high intensity exercise influences the aging process. But we have to really be able to know what we're doing. So going back to the schedule, the perfect week of exercise, if you're getting all the other variables right, the perfect week of exercise is two, maybe three days of high-intensity exercise. Then you want two, maybe three days. And high-intensity exercise could be really heavy weight training or kettlebell training, explosive lifting. So two or three days of really, really pushing yourself hard. Then you need to have two or three days of weight maybe where you're not doing it so hard. Maybe you're exercising, but not really pushing yourself to exhaustion. I use one of my favorite tools is the TRX. So on one day, I might do a heavy barbell workout, or I might do a heavy dumbbell workout, or I might do a heavy kettlebell workout, whatever it is. But the next day, I might do a TRX workout where I'm moving, but I'm not overstressing the body. So I'm working, but I'm not working hard. I'm not working to the point of exhaustion. So we need two or three days where we're working hard, two or three days where we're moving, where we're sweating. Our breathing is quick, but not out of control. Then we need one or two days where it's relatively easy. It might be just a flexibility workout or a mobility workout. It might be a stretch class or it might be a gentle yoga class. Because I do know that some forms of yoga can be very challenging. Or like a yoga tone and sculpt class might be really challenging. But that really, the reason why I want you to pay attention to your metrics and to pay attention to how you use your body is because you should be active. The data that everything that I've read is that we should be active every day. It doesn't mean at the same intensity every day. Two or three days a week, go really hard. Two or three days a week, go eh, moderately. But you want to sweat and be out of breath. You know, you want to sweat and be breathing quick, but not be out of breath. Then one or two days a week, you want to go relatively late, but still move for at least half an hour. If you do that, if you pay attention to that, you pay attention to your sleep, you pay attention to your nutrition, what's going in your body, I guarantee you, again, it's not, it's not, I don't there's so much stuff in our in our society about body image and how we look. Really, once you get over your mid-40s, yes, looking good is important. And I do care about how I look. But really, it's being able to use exercise to enhance our lifespan. Because all the data that's coming in, everything that I've read, is showing that, that if you're fit, you add years. I'm talking years to your life. Not only are you extending your lifespan, but you can be in your 70s and doing things that you enjoy doing. You want to be active in your 70s. You want to be able to go out on that vacation. You want to be able to take that bike trip when you're 70s. Hey, I got 22 years before I hit before I'm in my 70s. I don't want to wait till I'm in my 70s to worry about being in good health. I'm trying to do everything I'm trying to do now is trying to set it up for the long term. And that's what I'm trying to share with you on the podcast. That's what I'm trying to share with you in the content that I write. If you appreciate the All About Fitness podcast, please do me a favor, 
give it a rating. Go to PeteMcCallFitness.com, buy some of my content under programs. At the very least, sign up for my mailing list, and I'll be putting information out one or two times a month about how you can use exercise, how you can use fitness to enhance your quality of life. And as always, thanks for stopping by, and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.